Hey guys, welcome back to... <laughs> really? <laughs> you can't... In a pre-recorded intro, you can't even get it right, Avery? All right. Well, it's pre-recorded. So here we are. We're back with another Demon Trash podcast. And today's episode, we have Nate Newman from the In Practice podcast. And we talked to him about the art of practice. And he gave a lot of insight into how it's improved his life and basically the self and I think uh it's a really good conversation we talked a lot and it made me feel so jazzed and pumped about life <laughs> and ready to continue to conquer on so I think you guys will really enjoy it so um go ahead and make sure to follow us on Instagram at demon trash podcast Twitter at demon trash cast you can also send us some hate some love some Demon Trash moments or memories to Demon Trash Podcast at gmail.com. Right? That's right. Alrighty. Enjoy. Welcome back to another Demon Trash Podcast, Little Trashlings. How you doing? <laughs> Love you. We have a very full house today, and I'm very excited to introduce everyone here. Across from me is my beautiful Filipino princess. What's up, you guys? <laughs> me, Avery. Hey. And then we have, of course, Sterling, but she doesn't have a mic today because we have a guest. That's right. We're a legit podcast, everybody. We are a real <laughs> podcast with a real life guest who wanted to be here for some reason. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, we I, have I don't know if you expected to be thanked after <laughs> that, but. Um, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we have Nate Newman here with us. Nate, you want to. We should all appreciate him. Yay. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the appreciation. We just met him yesterday. Yeah. yeah. This is... um. And now I'm in your home, which is, you know, safe. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm glad laughs> I raised this concern, <laughs> but you seem trustworthy. Yeah. Also, it's three to one, so try us. <laughs> just... But it's true. Uh, Nate is a complete and total stranger to us, so this is kind of new for us. We met him at a podcaster's workshop. And he was like, I want to be on your podcast. And we were like, why? <laughs> you sure? And he was like, yeah, for sure. So here he is. I thought he would bail. I thought he would bail. I was like, oh, man, he's going to bail. But he's a real one. So he has his own podcast called the In Practice Podcast. Yes. All right. So we're going to start things off like we normally do with our demon trash moment. And... Nate, I'm just curious when you th when you heard demon trash moment what what did you think what were you like what is this I I had no clue <laughs> because when we met at the uh, meetup yesterday you're saying our podcast is the demon trash podcast and I was like well what's the premise going to be for this one and then you're and then you were kind of like yeah people in their 20s figuring things out and I was like all right interesting but I'm not going to forget the name <laughs> right. Yes. So I had no idea. I didn't really know what I was in for, but uh, I listened to some of them. I was like, okay, I'll find my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right. So I'm going to start us off. Um, and here's what happened. So I realized I have like a serious addiction with delivery. And it's th these goddamn apps, guys. It's like Favor, Uber Eats, 
Grubhub, DoorDash, all that shit. Like I literally get everything delivered in my life. I even get my, I don't even leave my house anymore. Yeah, you I do just, Instacart I'm like for a, your groceries. I'm literally fucking Smeagol. Like I literally <laughs> don't leave my house because of these apps. So I've decided to, I, I was favoring and Uber Eats like literally every meal. I'm not even kidding. That's not a joke. I would wake up, open it up like Postmates, Starbucks or some shit. When I have when I have coffee, mm-hmm. I have a fridge full of groceries that I had delivered. When I have a grocery store right down the street that I could go to, but why leave the house? Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like, this is not good. I don't see sunlight. I probably have an extreme vitamin D deficiency. I have, I'm developing extreme social anxiety. (laughs) I'm like becoming agoraphobic. Um, So I decided to quit cold turkey and I deleted all the apps. And I have to say, um, I'm afraid I'm going to relapse and I need you to keep me strong. Okay. (laughs) I need you to hold me accountable. Well, every time you're like, I'm going to order food, I'll be like, don't. Uh, you gotta text me though how am i supposed to know well here's the problem raven um he is just like wants to order everything too mm-hmm. and i'm like dude we have so many groceries in the fridge and he's just like no we should order pizza and i'm like fuck like oh it's so hard to live with somebody who has no self-control <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah just god I'm trying to stay strong i'm getting the shakes it's getting weird out here but i'm i'm leaving the house and stuff so go me (laughs) i ran errands for the first time in like two weeks yesterday (sighs) i feel like a new person i feel weird i feel naked and afraid but um these apps there's a real problem i'm waiting for like some sort of vice docu-series about how people grow addicted to delivery apps and i'm gonna be that person talking with like my face blacked out my voice (laughs) distorted Distorted. talking about my issues (laughs) but that's it so pray for me those apps are really addictive like i had to like (laughs) you have to stop it's so expensive like the cost of the 15 dollars more for like food like jesus and then so expensive for me when i was doing that like i was like to justify this cost i need to get like enough food like so (laughs) i don't have to like i I order like twice as much than i would actually get because otherwise i'm like it's not worth it to order like ten dollars and then pay like seven eight dollars right. for delivery and then or you have they to charge tip. you a fee they yeah. charge you a fee if you order too little mm-hmm. my demon trash moment's kind of like on that similar vein but like a little bit different um i've been trying to like be healthier and eat healthier but like this week every single like craving that i had i just like gave into it and i was just like i i went i can't like <laughs> I ate like I made myself a nice dinner. I had like roast chicken and broccoli, like healthy. And then I went to yoga. And then after yoga, I was like, I really want cookies. And then I was like, there's a McDonald's like right on the way back home. And I was like, I'll get cookies from McDonald's. And then I was like, oh, look, they have the bacon, new cheesy bacon fries. So I tried the new cheesy bacon fries. And then because I just recently stopped being vegan, I was like, I haven't had a McDonald's like mcdouble in like four years and i used to love them i was like i want one i'm gonna get it so i basically get a second meal and like that just happened a lot for me this week remember when we had a discussion about when you quit veganism and i was like i'm not gonna let you go over the top and just eat fast food and yeah and that has not that and that that's exactly what happened because i knew because (laughs) 
<laughs> veganism was like a little bit of like that diet change that really prevented me from eating fast food and like being super super unhealthy mm-hmm. and now that that is gone like that restriction is like lifted from me it's just like now i have to actually learn self-control again <laughs> <laughs> practice self-control age hey, you see what i did there <laughs> okay so i think that's time for my demon trash moment uh, <laughs> oh he's getting it he's getting it guys I, I listened to the podcast and i got my head around what a demon trash moment is i think and <laughs> so i um i have two so one from earlier this week um was the first one i came up with and it's less embarrassing than the other one so i thought it's unfair <laughs> that i don't tell both um so i had a date earlier this week back in columbus uh right when i got off work and uh, she messaged me and she's like, oh, would, would you be able to give me a ride? And um, me trying to come off as the consummate gentleman, I was like, yeah, of course I can give you a ride. So um, pull my car over and I like my my car is usually just um, outside of the driver's seat. It's just a bunch of fast food bags. And <laughs> um, I'm drinking a rock star right now. So it's like rock star and Red Bulls and stuff like that. <laughs> so I just like I consolidated the Red Bulls inside of the fast food bags. But mm-hmm. And you like roll the top over, but they never really stay shut. Right. Yeah. And so all of that went to the, the trunk. and um, Oh, you moved it all to the trunk. Uh, just all of it to the trunk. And so, you know, I, I show up and I'm like, I'm not completely grossing her out. Um, but I pick her up and I, I realized this was going to be bad from the moment that I started driving to her because the bags started to open in my trunk and it just sounded like... <laughs> <laughs> like somebody picking up the recycling and she was polite she didn't say anything about it but um i know that that could have been done better with she's just like are those chains and hammers <laughs> and kidnapping materials or mm. are those just cans? <laughs> Red Bull cans exactly is that where a lady's mind goes like as soon as they hear like, oh absolutely rumpling cans? absolutely we wow. always think that you guys are trying to kill us yeah. always yeah. always always yeah really that's unfair it's only that case like 40 percent of the time right well, <laughs> um, we, we, we recently can... watched the Ted Bundy series on Netflix, so now we're convinced everyone's, everyone's a serial yeah, yeah. killer, oh, yeah. killer until un- like proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, you're um, you are proving us wrong, but we are still skeptical of you. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> just so that you're aware. Yeah. Uh, well, the sad thing about the whole Ted Bundy thing is he got he got married on on death row. I'm still single. Oh, and I'm like, so, so what is this good behavior getting me anyway? <laughs> nice guys finish last, I suppose. Yeah, I don't man. know. Okay. I don't know. kill a few girls. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Um. Please edit that one out. Uh, <laughs> nope. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever you want edited out. <laughs> okay. And then um, the other one is uh, I've been in Austin for about two days now on this trip. And um, yesterday, I don't know why this wasn't the first thing that popped into my head, was uh, I did not bring a towel with me. And so I'm staying with uh, my friend at his apartment up near the domain. And I need to take a shower. And so I just came from my friend's yoga event. I'm sweaty. So go in there. I uh, bring a change of clothes. And I realized that, that, um, oh, man, I don't have a towel. His is right there. And I just couldn't live with the idea of like using his towel and then him finding it and being like, why is it all moist? Oh, Whose moist is it? 
<laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And so I still had like my sweaty shirt and I like patted myself dry. So I figured it was like, cool. It's not like trading mm-hmm. my sweat mm-hmm. for my like shower water or yeah. anything like that. Um, but I thought that could have, that could have been done better. I feel like that's almost um, dirtier than just like not showering. Mm. And were you opposed to air drying? I, well, there's only so much air drying I could do and mm. I'm, I'm constantly behind schedule. So I was going to be late to the next place I was going anyway. Right. So there was, so I was like dancing and trying to air dry as much as I could. I didn't like pat drown to like pat dry to like bone dry. I pat it <laughs> down to like, okay, I'm just going to be like jumping up and down while I brush my teeth. So, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hate using other people's towels. It's disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, where has this part been? <laughs> I always think that. <laughs> I'm like, what if they, you know, put it between the legs or whatever, that whole move? Oh, of course they do. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. This guy who practices all the time and sounds way more perfect than me and Avery is also demon trash. So there you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the episodes I did on my show was with my friend Chris and... He's also just very practice-minded. He has a million interests, things like that. And the way that he put it is that he only has a certain allocation of fucks to give every day. And um, that I I relate to that. So I have I give fucks left and right, but only to the things that I can focus my energy on. Mm-hmm. And everything else is a complete mess. Oh, God. That made me feel so much better. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> I just don't have a lot of fucks to give at all. I just, maybe I have like zero. <laughs> I think that's a problem though. I th- yeah, I need to <laughs> reel it in. Yeah. I need to get like at get least one or two. More. Yeah, 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 with with practice, I've gotten a handful more fucks, but. Oh, okay. Other, other than that, like I hope I as I become an actual adult, I mm-hmm. start to behave like a real adult mm-hmm. and maybe it'll happen. But so far it is, it does not work that way. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> So practice, it's a noun. It's also a verb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the noun definition is the actual application or use of an idea, belief, or method as opposed to theories relating to it. Now, if you're using it as a verb, it's to perform an activity or exercise a skill repeatedly or regularly in order to improve or maintain one's proficiency. Now, when I think of practice, I always think that I like that's like, you're pract- you're doing something, but I feel like practicing go- is like much deeper than what it really is. And I kind of want to dive into it, especially from your podcast, listening to it and listening to a couple of the episodes. It made me realize that there's I don't practice enough. I don't think I don't practice enough of things in my life. Maybe that's why it's such a mess. <laughs> and so how do you think the art of practice has like improved your life um well there's just talking about how i don't have that much discipline but the discipline component is definitely something that's become stronger Mm -hmm. um and that i kind of have a a narrative to the things that i do there's um when i began practicing or when i began practicing some new aspect of it and then how it develops um and i i talked about this at the beginning of my show before i launched the the first couple of episodes is um, my good qualities. Uh, the ones that I can actually take credit for are the ones that keep showing up if I'm doing practice consistently and doing it well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so in my life, uh, a lot of my beliefs, a lot of what I think makes life satisfying, a lot of what I think, you know, my music uh, about my music or my yoga or martial arts or anything like that, what makes that satisfying or things that I realized resonate with me um, from contemplating it and doing it a lot in practice. Got it. And you're 27, right? Yeah. So how would you say practice has, well, how do you feel about your 20s? Like, what has your 20s been like? Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> because uh, I had a, a straight up quarter life crisis and this oh. happened. When I came down to Austin, um, we're not happy you had a quarter life crisis. We just like feeling like not alone. Yeah, we think the quarter life crises people don't talk about them enough, and we need to raise awareness. <laughs> like it's our like, <laughs> it's coming. If you're not tw- if you're not twenty yet, if you're twenty five, like and, oh we man, feel I'm for so you. grateful for my quarter life crisis. Though I feel like mm. people don't talk about how you you're you're going to be fine. Like people are resilient enough to have a quarter life crisis and then move on from that. Right. And then people just have crappy lives for, you know, the rest of their working life mm-hmm. or relationship life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, How old were you when it happened? Uh, 24, five, no, wait, 25. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. No, it's like, <laughs> she just had one, like I just had one, like just really? last, year. Recently, last year, last year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm, you're going to have to give me your story. If I'm giving you, so mine. I talk about it in the podcast, but uh, th- like there's a series, and you just kind of hear it unfold, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, what happened in 2018, I completely changed my career two times, and then finally in November, I was like, "Fuck it," and I threw it all away, and I completely dedicated my time to my creative pursuits and basically creating my own path and just being like, I'm not going to follow what I went to school for. I'm not going to follow, you know, I was tired of worrying about timelines and money and things like that. And like ever since I kind of threw it all away and started carving my own path and, you know, focusing what I want to focus on, like podcasting, writing, the money came like it was a very much like a law of attraction type thing where it all fell into place. It's all good. And like, I'm the happiest I've ever been, but I'm totally not doing what I ever thought I would ever do. So that's pretty much the short of it. And, um, uh, so yeah, but just basically feeling like utterly lost and feeling like, did I make a wrong decision in school? Am I, did I go to school for the right thing? Do I need to go back to school? Like just feeling, you know, like completely lost and just like not knowing what to do. And then I just was like, whatever, bye. And here we are. So, but that was all of last year. It was a long journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I, I could pretty much use the same words for my answer, but mm-hmm. um, if I'm being more specific, I had three majors in college. Um, I started in engineering. I didn't like it. Um, and then I had friends who were doing industrial design. So like architecture, but for smaller products. Mm-hmm. So I, I went into art school and I got all of this drawing and drafting experience and learned all about art history and uh, completely burnt me out, even though the work was cool. But it, I was up until like 3 a.m. Most nights in right. studio work. I did work art therapy. Th- so I have like yeah. basically a half art, half psychology degree. So exactly. I was so you, tired. Yeah. So you were up in the middle of the night. W- Didn't sleep. Working in I studio. Did not yeah. Sleep in school. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what it's like for, for everybody who goes into a studio based 
sort of study. Right. Um, and it was killing me. So especially that year, we were going from quarters to semesters and just more dense than it ever had been. I wasn't handling it well. Um, so I tried out uh, just going to the the business school um, and I took a bunch of classes and I was like, you know, it's going to present itself, whatever is right for me. Um, and accounting and everybody was surprised when I when I landed on that one. But I was just doing really well in the classes and the professors liked me and uh, set me up with internships. And I was like, well, this can't be a bad direction to go. I'll always get a job. Mm-hmm. Um and I did get a job and that is what moved me down to Austin. Um, it paid really well. It got me down here comfortably. Um, but after a year, I just, I hated life. Even though I had enough free time technically to have a work life balance. Um, mm-hmm. I was drained by the time I had, you know, gotten to the point in the day where I can enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I just didn't want to, uh, keep living my through my career without doing something I was excited about. So I left that job and started teaching guitar lessons and playing more music, driving a lot of Uber. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And Austin, you know, I I couldn't have picked a better place to do it because I, there's so many opportunities to teach and play here. Mm -hmm. Um, And that worked out well. Um, And I started to get back into yoga at about the same time and I was in a relationship I was actually engaged and yeah and uh yoga is it requires a lot of questioning it's like well how is your inner life um and after a few months of that you know you can't really keep saying I feel an overwhelming sense of dread but you know probably just today (laughs) um (laughs) oh my god I relate to that so hard (laughs) yeah yeah and so um Eventually, I ended that, which turned out to be the... So, I just... I started and quit a lot of things mm-hmm. in inside the space of a year. Um, and it just led to every good thing that I think has happened to me in the last couple of years. Um, a, a lot of these things, like pressure to uh, propose to somebody or um, pressure with the idea of you should find something that's stable and realistic... Mm. anything like that um i wasn't actually living my life until i decided to drop all of those there it is he articulated better than me of course naturally it's exactly how i felt exactly how i felt and it's true like last year it was i kept feeling like i'm starting new things and i keep quitting them and i i had this like fear like oh my god am i gonna do this forever like am i never gonna find the thing that makes me like happy or excited um, but once I did, I, I rolled with it and I'm like stoked about it every day. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so, so cool. So, um, so that happened when you were 25 and so now here we are. So you've, that was about two years ago. Yeah. Okay. And what took you to Columbus? Just, you wanted to go back and. Yeah. A couple of things had, uh, ended for me project wise here in Austin and I was just missing everybody at home like hell Mm -hmm. um and i've always been really close with my family i think i was seeing them about three or four times a year um Mm -hmm. which just didn't feel right and Mm -hmm. i started thinking about that and was like have i really spent like 95 percent of the time i'm going to spend with my family Mm -hmm. um now that i live in austin and so i decided to make sure that that wasn't the case okay yeah cool and all my friends um were still in columbus and cincinnati and cleveland 
Um, so it ended up being a great decision and freed up all this mental energy mm-hmm. because I felt like an expat down here. Mm-hmm. Moved here and I I had to work on creating an orbit of like a life happening around me. Right. Yeah. Whereas back in Columbus, it just it just is, mm. um, and it's way cheaper. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I moved here from Boston, so this is as cheap as it's gonna get for me. But no, I hear you. So, do you feel like? I mean, so you've had your quarter life crisis. Things have turned around. Do you think at twenty seven that you do you feel like your life is like settling in, or do you still constantly feel like you're trying to figure it out? Um. I still tell people that I'm figuring out what I want to do when I grow up, but I'm, I'm, I feel like the state of flux and transition is never going to end for me. Um, and that I'm actually very fine with it. It's always going to be a, a mix of things until one thing is really happening. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason my podcast became super successful and I could monetize off of it, I would still be playing in bands. I would still be probably teaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, my favorite students. But <laughs> things like that and uh, starting and quitting a bunch of things ended up being a, a real benefit to me in that now I have a whole portfolio of skills. I do all my graphic design and web design. I do all of my own audio production. Um, I do all of my blog writing and business school gave me a bunch of marketing and then management experience. Um, working in corporate life um, taught me about creating a lot of processes that are going to aim for consistency and mm-hmm. actually be able to cross my T's and dot my I's. Um, so I, now that I'm 27 and during the quarter life crisis, like where's, what's my thing? I haven't settled on it yet. Um, but I'm that a, doesn't scare you anymore. It doesn't No, because right. I've, I've realized that by going through all of that, I've become an extremely well-rounded person who's equipped to do most things that I feel like are worth doing. Right. Yeah. And so I like, and my, we talk about this a lot, Eri. We always say like, as, as you get older, it's just like you get better and better at like mm-hmm. handling the changes and like those feelings of like starting and quitting at first. You're like, why am I like this? And then you realize, Oh, well, you know what? I'm just figuring things out and you just get better and better. Cause like the more, you know, yourself, the less it's going to like bother you. So the closer and closer you get to yourself. So, well, that's good to know because <laughs> I'm, I'm about to be 26 and, um, I guess it, it's like a rite of passage at 25. You just need to have your quarter life crisis. Just get it over with. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just lean into it. I think a lot of people get really freaked out about not having like knowing for sure what's, what the path is or where they're going in life. And I think it's, it's just a lot more common than people think like everyone's trying to figure it out as you go along and even people who you would think have it together like don't you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah for sure like for example you I was judging you beforehand not in a bad way just like I've always like the way that you come across is like uh you feel you seems like you have it all put together And I was like, wow, I'm surprised, you know, like it's kind of nice because this is why I like doing this podcast because everyone can relate to it in some level, especially in your 20s. Like, I don't I don't know of anybody who's just like uh, I saw this quote (laughs) that made me laugh. It's like basically a meme, but it's like, what did it say? It said, 
Your early 20s is super weird because I know a girl who works for the UN and knows classified America secrets, but I also know a dude whose middle name on Facebook is Kush. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? Like, we're all in this boat of being weird in your 20s. It's the strangest thing. So definitely lean into your crisis, man. Lean into it. It's hilarious that people look at what I do now and, and think that I have all my shit together. I'm like, why do you think I'm doing like eight different things? Because like, no one of them is really working that well. <laughs> but but the thing is, you're ha- you're way happier than you were when you were making good money. You know what I mean? Like, oh, extremely happy. Job. And I I probably work twice as many hours in a in a given week. But I'm, it makes me excited. It makes me have more energy. It doesn't drain me. I think a lot of people get caught up in like the just like the material and they forget about what actually like doing stuff that actually makes them happy and what they're passionate about Mm -hmm. and i think some people are better at pushing that aside like be like oh this is my work life and then i have my other life but some people just like can't i feel like a lot of creative people like they like trying to put them in a job that they're not doing something that they're passionate about it just doesn't work for them Mm -hmm. like i feel like for carol like that was just the case like you couldn't even you couldn't separate it Mm-mm. no well because the goal was okay work the nine to five and then in between do the things that i want to do but i was so as you said you were drained like drained you can't think of anything else it completely drains your energy um but another thing that i think i really want to talk about because i definitely identify with this 100 percent is the kind of like bad habits like not having practicing self-control and not being able to like move past like maybe you have a vision but like not being able to move on to the next steps and so how do you i find that creating healthy habits are so difficult and then breaking bad habits are uh, is just as difficult to break so like what do they interfere with your practice do you have like days where like you have bad habits that you're just like trying to get over and like how do you deal with like how has the modality of practice help you with like that mental warfare that goes on when you're like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this do you ever find like you're like I don't want to do this or are you just so like in it now yeah I get get, like productivity hangovers and Mm -hmm. that's when like I lose discipline and um I'm pescatarian like 95 percent of the time and then I'm like eating bacon cheeseburgers and right yeah things like that and um I have uh, habits that I know I could probably drop, like the fast food and energy drinks. <laughs> um, but right now, it doesn't feel like the biggest problem in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I was just talking with uh, my old boss about how he practices and learning new things, new instruments. And um, I think that being really good at practicing is um, just having a lot of compassion for yourself when you fuck up. Because... Mm-hmm why do you practice is to progressively fuck up less as in it's a guarantee that you are going to not do things right a couple hundred a couple thousand times Mm. um so practice has made me really just more forgiving of myself i don't really i don't really uh, beat myself up so much anymore about not doing things perfectly and that takes the pressure off of trying things that are going to be better for me Mm. and sticking with those wow that makes sense. So how do you um, get over laziness? How do you stay motivated? 
I've well, that's also part of my nature is that I I've never really liked doing nothing. Um is that I I get like very stir crazy. Um I've I've always dealt with like focus and ADD issues, which is probably a a big reason and I want to ask actually ask you is like is that something that you've tried to work on yourself is just like focus and like being about what you should be about in a given moment 100 yeah. percent. it's like yeah. the motivation it's it's i don't know what it is because me. um i think i'm still coming out of the quarter life crisis you know like i saw like, like i think i'm still coming out the clouds are parting we're getting there but it's the motivation aspect that really trips me up because there are so many things that i want to do but I have a hard time of splitting up my day and doing and I end up focusing too hard on something and then I completely something goes off to the wayside and then I feel like I get nothing done and then I like go into my Smeagol corner, <laughs> don't leave my house and then I'm like, okay, now I'm motivated again. I don't know how to explain it. I probably just need therapy um, or uh, just better um, workflow. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, me finding my motivation is uh, I will I will run out of motivation very quickly about what I do. And that's a big part of, um, you know, my variety lifestyle, I guess, is uh, I, I can't keep practicing guitar for three plus hours. I can maybe get two good hours and then my third hour is going to mm-hmm. be kind of like half-assed. Um, I can't think about yoga or martial arts all day. Um, especially because my body will also tell me to not do that. But um, motivation, I just have, a, my day is kind of a checklist. Is like, have I have I given some of my energy? Have I given some of my time to um, my music? Have I given any time to my podcasts? Um, which writing has been rolled into that now. Um, so have I, have I done, you know, that word count that I'm shooting for today? Um, and sometimes I don't get to everything, which is fine. Um, but if I feel like I'm on point 70% of the time, um, like if I'm hitting 70% of those boxes, then, um, that was a really good day. Yeah. I think I'm still in that stage where I'm like super fucking hard on myself. Like I literally am like, I'm not good enough. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm literally super like still very, very hard on myself. And I'm trying to get to that point where I'm like, cause like I'll end up writing like an entire chapter out in like or in the book I'm working on or I'll get a bunch of ideas for the podcast and and I spend hours on it and then I come out of it like oh I didn't do anything I didn't go to the gym I didn't you know like all of that and I just end up yeah which is also kind of the good part because that hyper focus is so gratifying Mm -hmm. when you really just get shit done right but that's the thing I have this like mental block you know what I mean where I'm like oh man but I want to get all of these other things done. And so I've been working on it. I've been trying to do like a, a daily checklist and I'm getting I'm getting there. I think it's just kind of figuring it out. I think when you get pulled out of like your t- I call it the timeline routine <laughs> I, because like when you're like when you're working that nine to five job, you kind of every day ends up the same. And when you completely throw a monkey wrench into that and you change your life so dramatically in the way that, you know, you have or I have, it's like it kind of takes a minute to get out of that, I feel like, to just be like, okay, like 
my Monday through Friday isn't like everybody else's. So I have to like figure that out and fill those days in. Yeah. Well, if you're your own boss, imagine if you're uh, working under somebody and they realize that you're new to the industry, you're new to that position. Um, if you let something slip through through the cracks, are you going to be happier with a boss who is like, what the fuck? How did you forget that? You know, this is ruining everything. You're really going to have to work it if you want to do well on the next quarterly review because then it's your ass on the line. Something like that isn't going to really... Motivate you. Well, it's not going to make work very fun. Ooh, he just read me to filth. <laughs> he just read me to filth. Okay. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. I need to be a better boss to myself because I I that's I'm basically building a business and doing my own thing and I work freelance so I have so much time on my hands and I I'm like I don't know what to do with it basically. I'm trying to fill it up and then I get these hikers. It's it's just like crazy. So I'm still learning and but I'm enjoying the process too cuz I work better with that. I don't like boxes. You know that. <laughs> um, so, so I'm really curious. How do you feel about the phrase "practice makes perfect"? Uh, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that's actually perfect. Even you know, if we get down to uh, the microscopic level on one of these microphones, they look super well designed, and they are, and they work wonderfully. But it looks like probably a mountain range on the side of one of these things. Um, practice will get you closer to perfect. Um, but I I don't really think there's going to be a lot of value in being perfect. Like, what's interesting about that? Right. Also, perfect is like, I think, just an illusion of just like, I think whatever your perfect is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe whatever, maybe that's in in line with like success and what you define as success. So how does your practice um, play into your identity? Like, um, well, I mean, if it's something I'm practicing every day, that's a title that I can wrap my identity around. Um, but it's also something that I realize is a uh, very, um, illusory it's not not actually real to have an identity it's it's good to think about and it's kind of fun to have that aspect of ego is like i'm this thing and i'm proud of it Mm -hmm. um but if we get down to the concept of i it's like well i am nathan was like well that's where we start but what if my name wasn't nathan Mm -hmm. am am i still you know somebody who can call myself i Mm -hmm. if i wasn't a musician you know if I shook off all of those titles and those things that I can tie I to, um, you just, you just get down to I, you know, and that's, that's something that I'm really working through getting my head around in, um, the more internal side of my yoga practice. Um, but as, as for my identity, I think it's, it's all just play, Mm -hmm. you know, all of this is stuff that I want to do. And, um, I guess because I do it every day, that makes me a musician and Mm -hmm. that's how I can communicate what I'm excited about in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not too concerned with my identity so much. Mm. What do you think it is when someone's like, I want to be a musician. I want to be 
uh, a yogi. I want to be a traveler. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be whatever. What do you, but they don't, um, but it takes so long or they're not, when you think about it, it's taking them so long to get to that point. What do you think is like holding them back in those places? Um, fucking up. Fucking they're, up. they're worried about fucking up. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Which coolest thing that I've learned is that consequences are so impermanent. Mm-hmm. You know, you made a mistake. You know, look over my shoulder. Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. Um, I've had shows that I thought were a complete disaster. I get off stage and everybody's like, man, that was awesome. It's like you didn't see me like drop my bass and like <laughs> hold it. And I'm like on one foot playing it with my thumb to like, no, I thought you were just like doing something cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tight. I think the fear of like messing up, like just gets people so hung up. Like it's something that I have to work through. Like just cause I'm like that I deal with. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm like public speaking. I was like always afraid of doing that. I'm like, what if they say, I say something wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, then I got put in a position where I have to like give team meetings and presentations like every week. And I'm like, Oh, quickly get over that. And no one realizes when you mess up. Right. It's just yourself. It's like getting in your own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had the same experience with public speaking too. Cause I always considered myself called myself like I'm a very shy person, mm-hmm. um, which I can't survive as that. So right. I've, I've basically trained it out of me and now I mm-hmm. love being around people and going into new situations. Um, yeah, I, I think the main thing I would tell somebody who's trying to do something is, well, just do it. Um, I tell a lot of my students, you know, but you like, you play guitar, right? Um, they're like, well, no, I'm not really a guitar player. It's like, do you pick up a guitar and then make noises with it? And they're like, yeah, it's like you're playing guitar. You're a guitar player. I struggle with that like every day. Like we work on a film, like me and Sterling work on a film together, but we don't technically get paid for it, but we've been working on it for like two years now. And when I want to call myself something, I always like never want to call myself mm. a filmmaker, but like I am, that's you're what I do. You're making a film, you're a filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. But like to identify as that, I'm just like, but I don't get paid. Like, it's like mm. I'm giving myself these qualifications that everyone like i don't know yeah or like calling myself a podcaster i'm like i don't like i have a podcast but like am i a podcaster yeah absolutely i i totally get that and i was i was what really struck me is um in the episode where you spoke to your friend chris and you called him a renaissance man and and he's and he was like yeah i do all these things but i basically identify with like my conviction and so, you know, I was, you know, whatever you want to be t- takes conviction and dedication, but that also takes work. But I think it's like a different approach so that you don't see it as work. Right. Yeah. Well, also, one thing that Chris said that I thought nailed it is like, we'll make the practice more fun than the show. Mm. Is people are afraid to practice something and work on something because they think they're going to be bad at it. And people have learned to make mistakes and then expect people to punish them for it. And um, practice is a time when you get to decide if you will be punished or not. People do that to themselves. Um, It's like practice is play. Like practice is a good time. Um, I like working on this stuff. I like learning new things. Um, It's not more fun to practice new things, things that you're not good at yet, but it's, super fun when you've just added a new tool 
um, to something you already like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really, I'm on Chris's side with the whole conviction thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's sort of the thing about practice. He's, he doesn't consider anything he does different than the other things. And that was the inspiration for the show is I practice all of these different things, but the same principles are, are being applied to each one of them. Um, and so the actual state of practicing or, you know, act of having a practice is, um, the larger conversation. And that's why I want to talk to so many people about it. What's some of the best like advice? Cause you go and talk to people who are experts at, at what they're practicing. Right. So what's some of the best advice that you've gotten from the people that you've interviewed and talked to or on your podcast? And, um, or anything that stuck with you. Yeah. Probably treat your, your practice like a plant. Um, that's, all my plants are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Points to dead plants in the apartment. What about that? Are those real? No. (laughs) Yikes. Treat it like a baby then. (laughs) Like it's something that you have to feed and like change and keep clean. Um, you know, it's going to require attention and it's going to have different needs at different points in its life. Mm-hmm. Um, the plant is much less intimidating for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he said, uh, and this is when I had asked him, um, when I started doing music full time, I called him and was like, so how do you practice? Like, what are you doing every day? And he says, oh, I look at it like... Oddly enough, I hadn't gotten that into yoga, but he's like, I look at it like a yoga practice and I think about how's my body feeling? What is my playing need today? What am I working on later? Who am I working with? And I just go from there. And I fucking hated that answer. (laughs) I wanted a prescription. I want to know like what X, Y, and Z is Mm -hmm. that we all do, all of the really good musicians do to uh, be excellent. And um, it really, it it demystified it is uh, you work on the thing that you next need to work on. Um, And, you know, you find things that nourish your practice that are good for it. It's going to feel good if it is good for it. And um, you just make sure that you're showing up every day. You're not forgetting to water your plant for like five months. (laughs) It will be dead by then. All right. Well, damn, dude. I think that's it. I think this is good because you've definitely demystified because I feel like we put motivation and, you know, uh, self-work and all of that on this pedestal. And we, we feel like we have to climb up these like flights of stairs to get to this like specific place, whatever that may be. Um, and listening to your podcast definitely like made it seem like much more attainable, like getting reaching your goals much more attainable just by doing it. Yeah, you just do it every day. Um, and if you've done it, then you already won. You're already there. Right. Um, people have a, an idea of like a certain level. Like mm-hmm. there's a concrete time or after a certain amount of time, you're at this exact skill level that you needed to be and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And why would I ever want to be done? I love getting better at shit. Right. Yeah. Right. No matter how good I get at something, I want to keep practicing it there's always something new to learn and that's the play aspect of it is Mm -hmm. you know i do this stuff because i like it right and um i know in the long term if i just trust the process and do it every day then it just gets better and better is trusting the process how you deal with like negative self-talk 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm lucky that I've gone through enough work on negative self-talk that I don't deal with it so much anymore. Um, but I definitely would put myself down. I wouldn't think I was so great. Um, like I wasn't good enough to really own what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody else was reinforcing that. And so the negative self-talk I realized was doing me absolutely no service. Um, and so practicing self-compassion ended up being not just better for my mood, but it was, it, it made me better and enjoyed, I was able to enjoy the things that I was doing more fully. Yeah. Awesome. You make me feel like excited. Like I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm like pumped right now. Good. It feels so good. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Nate, for joining us. It was so nice to meet you. And it's crazy because like, I, you know, our paths would never have crossed. We didn't go to that workshop. I mean, you don't even live here. So next time you're in Austin, definitely hit us up. We'd love to maybe actually go hang out, get a drink or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm down in Austin, I'm like, man, I got to live here like at least a month out of the year <laughs> from now on. Come here in the summer. Yeah. Come in the uh, summer. No. No? no. Oh, like, he's oh. like too hot. Triple too hot. digit. Like <laughs> I have this whole tank top collection October. that I don't wear in Ohio. <laughs> that oh, I yeah. needed it. I needed it when I lived here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, where can we find you? Where can they find you, Nate? Um, you can find all of my streaming platforms at the podcast website, which is in practice podcast dot com all one word um my instagram is nate underscore makes underscore shapes and if you're on facebook you can find the in practice podcast facebook page and there is a group um if you want to be involved in the discussion and uh have questions that you think i should be asking or an idea for a kind of person that i should talk to um yeah get at me cool awesome well thank you so much for joining us uh guys go show nate some love and practice being the best you i certainly want to now thanks nate all right thanks for having me thank you we love you guys go ahead and uh you can go ahead and follow me if you want to keep up with me at um on instagram at underscore carol ella i think that's my thing <laughs> underscore carola twitter same thing and you can also find me on twitch uh twitch.tv slash carola3 and where th- can they find you you can find me on instagram at avery bryce underscore and same thing on twitter it's the same thing so just go there wow okay and also thank you for thank you to nate for being on the podcast yeah thank you huge thank you to nate i actually feel like nate newman <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling like that's what we like to call him. I feel a little bit better actually about turning twenty four and getting older after talking to him. So I'm <laughs> Thanks, like not Nate. as depressed about one. it. Yeah, you're a real so, one, Nate. Yeah, check it out. Check they out already checked it out. If they're reaching this part, <laughs> true. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. So love ya. Bye. Bye. I gotta go buy some plants. Bye.